0: Hello and welcome to another instalment of Empire of the Cop Insider. I'm Farrell Keeling and I've got Neil Jones back with me here today again. Uh, Well, what better place to kick things off than the 3-1 comeback win against Wolves. uh, I have to say, uh, the first half, as I'm sure for you as well, really brought back some traumatic memories. Uh, Of the prior season, you know, the toothlessness, the inability to string passes together, a general sort of lack of cohesion or, you know, idea or game plan. But, you know, I suppose we can put that down partly to factors like coming back from the international break and, you know, that unholy 12.30pm kickoff time. McAllister, of course, has been off in the mountains. Uh, had breathing apparatus, and just I think Klopp mentioned after the game as well. He just wasn't in the best of shape. But ultimately, we come out with a hugely improved second half performance. And this is a side now that is repeatedly, Neil, showing resiliency and mental fortitude this season. Are Klopp's mentality giants back? Well, it's getting. It's definitely getting
1: towards the point where you can ask a question and not feel silly asking it. You know, it's. They're showing something different, aren't they, every week? Something new, something positive in the way that they're playing. And I think if you compare, just, just to compare apples with apples, we compare that Wolves game in in February where Liverpool 2-0 down inside 12 minutes, and I think I remember writing and saying at the time that I thought they were going to get beat from the first 20 seconds of the game when Joel Matip fired the, uh, his first pass sort of straight to Ruben Neves, and I thought, oh, it's going to be a long day even in amongst all that first half and listen it wasn't good to watch it was horrible to watch at times some of the some of the passing uh some of the, the just the lack of sort of intensity or or the being in the wrong position to, too often some of that was was worrying but even in amongst all that I did get the impression that Liverpool felt like they were going to get better they felt like they will get a chance they will equalize they will you know they will find a way back into the game and half time was going to be quite important and Listen, you know, it was night, night and day, wasn't it? First half to second half that Liverpool were unrecognisable once they'd made the change at half-time, but they'd also changed the system. And I think that was, you know, credit to the manager. He got it wrong, I think, in his team selection. He got it very right about what he did at the half-time and in the second half.
0: No, absolutely. absolutely. There's a couple of players I really want to touch on. Firstly, uh, 20-year-old uh, Jarrell Kwanzaa, who I thought, you know, I think Klopp mentioned after the game, you know, it, it, it's... Um, it's quite a statement from a young player when you, you see that first half and he's probably the only one that looked you know vaguely okay um, yeah. so it comes in It's quite a difficult task really you, you know Joe Gomez has moved to the right back slot him is, is at his task with sort of playing that inverted Trent role you've got Joe Matter uh, in alongside him, but you know the big hitters you know Virgil and Dyke Trent Alexander Arnold Canate, of course not uh, available, but it was a really mature performance from him I thought.
1: Yeah, it was. I think he, he can be very proud of his, his first Premier League start. Um, if you think about, I, th- I think, a couple of things. But One is, obviously, he's got so little experience, senior senior level, you know, League One, playing 15, 16 games for Bristol Rovers, and then a sub-appearance at Newcastle. But if you also think that he, he isn't someone, really, that's, you know until this summer i don't think anyone's really thought of him around as being a, even a potential for team and i think you know his name will have surprised a lot of people when it was you know around the the, the pre-season squads and and the games and that and i think to, to look so assured when when it's it, it, you're, you're that young but you're also you sort of you've You've never been earmarked as this sort of right, this, this massive prospect. You know, like when, when Trent Alexander Arnold comes into the side, or when Curtis Jones comes into the side, or even someone like Ben there's there's a, a little bit of an expectation on them, but you, you feel like they've, they've got broader shoulders as a result of that expectation. Jarell Kwansa hasn't really had that. I know he's been captain of the 18s, but he's a bit of a surprise inclusion. And the, the way that he looks, you know, he just looks so com- confident, so comfortable, so assured he really uses the ball well for a centre back there's a lot of uh, when we've talked about Levi Colwell a lot in this this summer because of obviously centre back transfers there is a little bit of that about him isn't it the way he sort of uses the ball he, he likes to rest on the ball stand on it and wait for a, a player to come and press him he doesn't you don't see him sort of playing aimless passes very often for a centre back you know he, he his his completion rate was the best um of anyone who, who played in the game on Saturday and and he, he had a lot of them as well so yeah, really, really positive. Um, I've only I've only seen good things from him this this pre season and in the last twelve months indeed. Um, I've only seen growth in him. You know, physically, technically, but also in terms of game awareness. And for a young centre back to do the way he did, and Molyneux in a performance that was, for forty five minutes at least, very very suspect, with senior players floundering alongside. And you mentioned Gomez and matt You mentioned McAllister, obviously in front of them. So. I think for him to stand out the way he did and to continue that into the second half and actually get better in the game, as I thought, was a real, yeah, a real sort of moment that can give him a lot of confidence and a lot of pride. And I think same goes for the people at the academy. You know, you think of Curtis making his 100th appearance. You've got Jarrell making his first Premier League start. Obviously, Trent is, is Trent. Is Trent. Um, there's a lot of reasons for people at Kirby to, to take a lot of pride in what's been happening with, with these these players and in particular with Quanter.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. The future's you know, very bright. It's always nice to see the academy lads sort of coming through, as well, and 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 performing. You know, I did I think he was probably, you know, had a case to, you know, be Liverpool's best defender throughout the game. Um, one name who I have to bring up, and it feels like I kind of I keep bringing him up every single week, but he keeps giving us reasons to talk about him uh, is Dominic uh, Um bit of a. A bit of a poor, torrid first half, it does have to be said. And I think the main concern for me, certainly, watching that game was when when you've looked at certainly the Aston Villa game where Liverpool felt dominant and in control and was sort of setting the tone. McAllister and Saboslai were so key uh, to that element of control. So as soon as that went, you thought, oh my God, is this going to be like one of those games last season? Um, But the manner in which Saboslai certainly uh, returned to the pitch in the second half And really sort of grabs it by the scruff of the neck, you know, he's a really sort of reliable, you know, a lot's been made of his sort of leadership credentials, obviously he's, you know, the captain of the Hungarian national team, you know, he's one of many leaders at Liverpool, but, you know, this is a, I thought that was quite quite an exciting sort of moment from him personally, just to see him sort of persevere after that first half, come back out in the second and just deliver a a performance of really sort of high quality.
1: Yeah, actually, I think Same goes for Curtis Jones, actually. I think the two of them really made a massive difference in the second half when they went into that sort of two-man midfield, you know, 4-2-3-1 system. Um, I think Liverpool were really narrow in the first half. They were really sort of... It was was a strange approach. I don't quite know what they were trying to do with with it. They, They looked like they were trying to play through the middle of the pitch a lot. And that meant there was a lot of risky passes and there was a lot of sloppiness as a result of that. And they were getting counter-attack quite often, usually through Pedro Neto or 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 Semedo on the on the on the right. Um in the second half it was completely different, wasn't it? The, the pitch was a lot wider. Obviously they made changes, they brought on Diaz, the Nunes to stretch the game a bit more and um Harvey Elliott. So it felt like the game was a lot more stretched out and as a result you could see the strengths of, of Saboslion and, and Curtis really shine or you know, their, their their ability to get across the pitch to, to get to the ball. You know, first and second balls, their ability to keep the, the ball as well. Curtis is obviously brilliant at that, but Subosla is pretty good at making sure that he doesn't give it away as well. Um, which was obviously that wasn't the case in the first half. And yeah, I, I think you're looking at you're looking at players like that, those two in particular. Twenty two, the pair of them, a real sort of maturity about the way that they play, a real confidence. They seem to like each other, playing with it. You can see that they were lending the ball to each other, and they seem to work in tandem very well. Um, I think Sabosla in particular just looks like someone who I think he's probably he, it won't be long. I think before he's sort of moving into that captaincy group, you know, that that, that leadership group because he just looks like someone who knows how to play the game, who knows how to um, react in in game situations. You know, whether it's whether it's a, a man being sent off, we saw that in the um, the Bournemouth game. didn't we when he stepped up his, his his energy levels, you saw it in the Newcastle game. You can see it when you know. If the opportunity presents itself to, to score and to shoot, he can do it. He can dribble. He's got a real good understanding of, of what a game needs, um, and he definitely showed that on on uh, on Saturday. And yeah, you know, you will want to forget the first forty five. But if you if you do want to forget the first forty five, the best way to do it is by putting in a performance like the second forty five. And yeah, I thought he. Curtis Jones, I have to give a, a mention to Luis Diaz um, off the bench as well. I have to give a mention to Andy Robertson for his performance. But I thought those players in particular in midfield, I thought they were massive for Liverpool in terms of getting them back in control of the game. And eventually, you know, their their dominance and their, um, what's the word, the sort of pressure that they they put on with, the, with their, you know, stepping up the pitch and winning the ball, it really told in the end.
0: Absolutely. I think it's so important as well to see, you know, players like Harvey Elliott coming off the bench as well, because when when you're looking at, and obviously it's far too early to be saying, you know, Liverpool are in a tighter race or Liverpool, you know, know, will be competing sort of head to head. But, you know, you think you'd like to see Liverpool there. And ultimately we are five games in with four wins in. Uh, We have the joints for second best uh, defence in the league. Uh, as far as goals uh, conceded. I I think our actual sort of expected goals conceded is is about third behind uh, Arsenal and Manchester City, inevitably. Um, I I do want to touch on, you know, we talk about sort of players who had sort of bad first halves. Obviously, McAllister, we can excuse for a whole sort of plethora of reasons. Um, But it very much seems to be the case that McAllister seems to be our sort of starting sort of defensive holding midfielder right now. Um, do, do Do you feel this is sort of, the sort of long term solution, sort of, Klopp is going for because obviously we brought in Watsuo endo presumably for that for that very reason. But, um, I mean, you know, generally speaking, McAllister hasn't put a foot wrong there. I, I know, so I think we've seen sort of against sort of walls specifically the moments where he's forced to sort of chase back and you think, oh, you know, you're not a natural sort of holding midfielder, but generally speaking, I think the, the performance levels have been quite good. Is that a concern for you, or do you, or do you feel that, uh, well, this is just a yeah. long term win? No, I don't think it's a concern. I mean, he, he he probably
1: shouldn't have started the game, should he? I think Jürgen, the way he spoke on Friday, it was a surprise when his name was on the team sheet. You know, he'd spoken about him being up a mountain in Bolivia and we'd seen, obviously, you know, or you know the the, the impacts that he has on players. You know, Bolivia is one of the toughest away's in world football, isn't it, with, with the altitude. So it was a surprise that he was in the team. Um, I think... You say you can excuse him, of course you can excuse him, but he still played poorly. You know, you can't you can't just say, Well, he was up a mountain and so that that, that what you want him to do. He still he still gave the ball away in, in, in rotten positions too often, didn't he? And you know, he, it was a a poor performance from him and rightly he was taken off at half time. I think that I think the number six thing is, you know, again, he's been in there but We've seen Endo start, and the Endo started the game against Newcastle. In the in the um, Gravenberg, obviously now has been signed. You hear the and speaking about him on on Friday and his potential long term to play as a number six if if needed. I think what we saw potentially in the, in the game against Wolves is there's a real a real case to be made for Liverpool to play with two midfielders and and, and a number ten or a, or a more, a more advanced player. And they've got some players who could do that, haven't they? They've got McAllister himself could probably do it. I think. You know, Gakpo can obviously um, do it. I think you know Harvey Elliott could do it on on occasion if if you needed to. So I think there is there is flexibility in that midfield loop. I don't think that they're, they're not rooted to a, a Fabinho anymore. Where it's you know well he plays there and then you have two either side of them. I think it's a little bit more sort of mix and match and see what the, the game needs. But they've got a lot of got a lot of midfielders at least now that can run, that can pass, that can tackle. That have got size about them and can. Create and that is really exciting for Liverpool, isn't it? Because it hasn't been the case really. They've they've had players for a long time. who have relied on their energy and their, their lungs. And when their energy and their lungs starts to fail them a little bit, it's not it out of mild in it. And
0: you know it doesn't look like Liverpool are going to be short of legs this season. Certainly, when we're sort of looking at sort of deep lying midfielders, you could argue the same about Bosline. We know that um, his manager for Hungary, Marco Rossi, has specifically said. You know, I, I think he has traits. That would be suitable for another sort of number six role. You know, Sabosa isn't so keen on that. He wants to be playing a bit, so a bit further at the pitch, but he can do do that, and he yeah. has done that already for Liverpool. So, I'm, I'm not, I'm not so sure that I necessarily. Though I appreciate, I think why so many were sort of concerned about this sort of heading, you know, heading into the season after the sort of summer, after summer signings. But you actually look at the squad and you look at the players and sort of their functions, you think, well, actually, we've got a few players that you know, even if they're not sort of it's explicitly that kind of sort of fabinho sort of role that we talked about in the summer uh, when we were thinking about players like Florentino Luiz. Like we do have players that can come in, can play deep and you know even if as as you say sort of playing with sort of two midfielders behind a number 10 then there are solutions that we can go for ultimately we yeah. have to respect that um when we're talking about the next iteration of Liverpool it's not going to necessarily be a carbon copy uh, of what came before which is you know it's not a bad thing certainly yeah judging by the start of this season and I do want to touch on the start of this season in a sense of Klopp's talked about reinvigorating his players and you know sort of saying I think there was a line he said one of his press conferences we said look this isn't year eight this is this is my eighth year at Liverpool this is year one we're starting something new we're starting something exciting Um, and that Certainly seems to be the case. It, in obviously, he's building something from a better starting point than the side that he inherited uh, from Brendan Rodgers back in uh, 2015. But it, it's it's more of an exciting year, one, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I wrote that in and I think this is the.
1: It was the most exciting Liverpool preseason for for years I could remember because so much was unknown and it was it was unknown in terms of where what the levels of established players was at, what the future of established players was at, and we saw some established players or a lot of established players leave in the summer. We didn't know what type of player they were going to bring in, how many they were going to bring in. They ended up bringing in four midfielders. You know, there was young players that you were looking at and saying, Well, where are they at? What's their level at? Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, Stefan Ben Bendoke. Uh Your Conce has added his names to that mix Um and and there was there was a sort of a, a bit of encouragement from the end of last season but generally a feeling of well, okay well how much damage does that, that, that do in terms of missing out on the Champions League what are Liverpool's where are their minds going to be at and I really do think in the first few weeks of the season I think they've answered a lot of those those questions that I had and others had in terms of that they're not finished you know players like for example, Trent, players like Van Dijk, Robertson, Salah, they're, they're still elite players, you know, they're, they're capable of, of putting in these kind of elite performances and if you can get the new breed around them and the, the younger players and the bit of legs and and like I say, you know, maybe a little bit more natural, technical quality in sort of tight areas and that's what they seem to have targeted in McAllister, in Gravenberg, in, in Sub-Ossla in particular... You can really build something really impressive. And I do think that, you know, listen, if you were if you wanted to put the glass half empty, you'd say Liverpool I haven't yet been absolutely non-stop convincing, possibly apart from the Aston Villa game. Um but what you would say is they weren't always Absolutely convincing when they were going for league titles and when they had sticky periods in game. What you, what they were absolutely convincing with was that you felt like they'd find a way to win the game and they felt like they'd find a way back in if they went 1-0 down or that they'd, their pressure would eventually cause a mistake in the opposition. And I lost count of the amount of times in second halves of games between maybe 2018 and 2020, even 2022, where you'd start to feel in the second half of a game, you go this is going Liverpool's way, this is going Liverpool's way, they're starting to get into the right position and I felt it at Newcastle when they were away, even with 10 men, I felt once Jota came on, I felt like, I tell you what, they're starting to get into this game, they're going to score it, they're going to score. I felt it in the game at Wolves, almost immediately from the the, the half-time whistle, uh, or sorry, from the second whistle to start the second half, I felt it that Liverpool were going to get something out of this game, they're not going to get beat today and that is a big, big thing that they've answered, I think, and a big sort of step mentally to make for Jurgen as well because he would have seen some of the, the moments last season when he felt like oh, it's, got, it's just not going to be our day. You know, maybe maybe sometimes inside five, ten minutes you could feel that you don't get that sense anymore with Liverpool. You get the sense that okay they might have a wobble and they might concede the goal and a, a fast winger might be able to get in behind them on a counter attack and things like that. But you do have this certainty about them that they're going to they're going to make this a game. They're going to make this a game even if they're not playing well. And that's a yeah, that's a very good trade to have and one that's served Liverpool really well in the past as well.
0: I mean, Dominic Sabozla was asked about this specifically after the Wolves game and he sort of said, Well, you know, look, obviously we'd rather be leading these games. Obviously we wouldn't <laughs> want to be one 0 behind and having to claw our way back in. But I think that says a lot about sort of Liverpool's sort of credentials this season. And I would to you know, obviously likewise I'd rather be seeing us dominating games right from the start. But I think it's it's encouraging to see Liverpool coming back from his positions and showing some resiliency. Obviously, there is room for improvement, which does bring me, I'm afraid, to the transfer side of our chat. Um, you know, we, We've all seen the chatter that's been going on around um, Andre and, and Fluminense and uh, positive reported conversations uh, with the Brazilian side. Um, can you tell us anything about this, uh, months ahead of January, as we are? No, I, I, I mean... I'm, this is not aimed at you, but this this is one of the reasons
1: I think Jürgen's been saying what he's been saying is that look, just just get to grips with this team a little bit, and just sort of like let's work out what this team is first before we start trying to throw everyone into the, the mix. Clearly, Liverpool liked Andre and made made a, an attempt to see if they might have been able to sign him in, in in the summer, so they are clearly interested in the player. Fluminense were never going to sell him, or made clear they were never going to sell him, so. They probably will sell him in, in January, so I think there's a fair chance of getting him. But it doesn't matter, does it? It does like it doesn't matter to this to, to this period because he's not going to be able to play. He's not gonna. It's not gonna be like We need to just and, and also he's not going to change the world. Andre when he comes in is he's, he's a 22 year old. He's played in Brazil, so it's not. It's, you're not waiting for Kylian Mbappe to come in and sort of all of a sudden you, everything's going to be okay. He's going to be another player that's going to go into that rotation of midfielders the and they'll try and work out. I think crucially delivered, but they have to work out what the team's going to look like in terms of the next few months I think they've got a real good chance to do it they've got the Europa League coming up in terms of a decent group I think a group that they should win and they should be able to make changes in and, and to have a look at certain players you know you look at the, the game against Lask on Thursday look at Ryan Gravenberg's going to play in that surely you're going, you're going to see Harvey Elliott probably in from the start you're probably going to see Darwin I think will probably get a start in that game um, you've obviously got Jurel Quanza now available cost of You're gonna get a look of, at a lot of these squad players who were saying, well, where are they at in, in games? That is crucial, I think, for Liverpool, so that they're in a position when they do get to January where it isn't a case of God, we need to get someone in to fix this. It's a it's a case of, well, actually if we need to get this player in, he might make he might help us out squad wise or whatever. That's that's the challenge for Liverpool. Not not to sort of pin all their hopes on a, on a January one, as was the case last season. Really, where we, we were always we were almost waiting for the window to open. We probably didn't expect them to go and get who they got in terms of Gakpo. But we'd we, we'd rather be in a position where it's a bit like the Luis Diaz sign, where it's like, well, actually, that's just a lovely little bonus. Let's let's not sort of. I think it's important for fans not to get into this situation where it's like, oh, January, it's got to be January, it's got to be January, we need to get this, we need to get this, we need to get this. They've got good players in, they've got a good team, they're building something, they're winning games. I think it's time for Liverpool and their fans to sort of really commit to this team at the moment. And I think what we're seeing from the first few weeks, and look look at them scenes in the away end at Newcastle, look at them scenes in the away end at Wolves um, on Saturday. I mean, some unbelievable pictures of, of Curtis and Harvey I think you're starting to see that the fans, I think, are starting to listen to Jürgen and, and starting to fall in love with this team. And, you know, that was, that certainly wasn't the case last season, was it? I think they were sick of the sight of some of the some of the players and some of the performances. I think there's something a lot more positive, Bill. And I think it's important not to sort of take away from that with this idea that, oh, yeah, but in January, they've got to get rid of him or they've got to do this or they've got to do that. You know, Salah or whatever you, you want to worry about. Worry about it further down the line because there's, there's, there's somewhere to get to for Liverpool at the moment. They've got to put themselves in a position where they're challenging for you know top four at the minimum, maybe the title. Certainly getting out of the Europa League group. Hopefully progressing in the Carabao Cup. There's a, there's 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 a lot to play for between now and then.
0: No, absolutely no, spot on. I, I think. In that in that sense, and I, I wrote about this sort of yesterday. I was a bit confused with some of this criticism coming at sort of Liverpool's defence because when you actually sort of get down into the numbers, Liverpool's and, and you have to sort of take into account, you know, one, we come into Wolves, we're playing with a backline that consists of Andy Robertson, and Joel Kwanzaa, yeah. Joel Matip and Joe Gomez. Uh two of those players are backup options, one of them's an academy lad. That's a hugely unsettled sort of back line and then you're yeah. thinking beyond that van Dijk's had his suspension for two games uh, canate only came back for a brief cameo at sort of the end of the game I, I i do appreciate of course the general calls around a need for a left side is sort of uh, center half you know when you're looking at sort of because i suppose the big question really is can liverpool keep their first choice options fit yeah. and firing throughout the season if they do fantastic you know you, you think there's not many better than Ibrahima Canate and Virgil van Dijk uh, as a partnership. Um, you, I don't know. Do, do you do you feel that that sort of criticism of Liverpool's backline is is unwarranted, or do, do you think this will become a question again where we hit January and go? You know, Carlo yeah. Nacio comes up, Pierre Ancapi comes up, and Liverpool go probably is a good time to sort of get some backup in.
1: Yeah, I think. Look, I think there's a worry about Joel Latter generally. I mean, listen, he's not going to be here next season. Is he? there's, there's a fair, there's every chance he's going to be leaving on a free. So. That that's going to be addressed or got to be addressed at some point. I think there's a worry about Joel Matter generally in terms of his form. Look, he played well against Villa, but he was poor. He was poor against Wolves, and he, I think, most worryingly, he just looked nervous and he looked he looked like someone who who, who isn't in control of sort of, you know, or isn't able to control what what he's doing really in the game, and you know, he doesn't look sure of himself. He, you know, I think that's a, that is a worry. Um, you know, I think I wrote in my my piece that. If he was, if he was sort of saying, "Oh, you're gonna to have to bring Virgil back in," you know, you'd, you'd have a stronger case for him to come in for Matip as you would for Kwanzaa, you know, in the in the next game, given what we saw at Wolves. I think Gomez. I I felt I felt sorry for Gomez. I felt like he was hung out to dry a little bit by the system in the first half. I think it does make sense. I think he's look. I wouldn't say he's a reluctant fullback, but he's not a 100 percent comfortable fullback alone. Asking him to be a fullback slash midfielder like Trent is, I thought, was just a bit. It just felt a little bit unnecessary and a, you know a little bit damaging for for the team and for Gomez and he always, he obviously had his hands full with with Pedro Neto in that first half and really struggled. I thought he showed a lot of character in the second half. He got better as the game went on and he was quite influential, you know, getting up that right flank in the second. So credit to him for that, coming back after a, a really disappointing or, or difficult first half. Um, I think I think you have to. We we've, we've said it in the summer or also like Liverpool if they if they keep people fit. Shouldn't have too many problems with the defence, but we know that there's a very good chance that Liverpool won't keep everyone fit. You know, a general season means you don't keep everyone fit, but when you've got Canate, you've got Gomez, you've got Matip, they're all three. I've got a history of getting up injuries, um, keep them out for a couple of weeks, a month, so that that's bound to happen and once that happens then Liverpool will be stretched. But I think Qantas are positive, obviously. Um Van Dyke's back now after his after his ban. I think he hopefully he's learnt his lesson in terms of, you know, giving giving stick to referees. Um Trent's back, I think I think I think there's a fair chance Trent's back for the for the West Ham game. Uh I think he would have sat out the last game anyway. So I think we'll we'll look at West Ham for for Trent. And yeah, it it, it looks a bit different, doesn't it? But uh, I think I think longer term, yeah, you're looking at Liverpool and to buy at least a one defender. I think a centre back when Matic goes, but I think also a full back whether it's a, whether it's a, a left back or a right back. It's probably more likely to be a right back. I um, think I think that there's definitely a, a need for Liverpool to just either, either well either buy one or get Conor Bradley or Calvin Ramsey into that position where they can they can be part of the squad, which it looks at the moment like it's it's a long way off.
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think you're right, though, Neil. I think there is, you know, whilst, whilst we can talk about transfers until the cows come home, but I think there does come a point, certainly, where you have to look at Liverpool season and sort of appreciate where we are, appreciate what, you know, the new, new players are doing, what this sort of new-look squad is doing. And there is plenty to feel excited about Liverpool. You really... <laughs> You know, football is obviously a momentum sport, and you know, once yeah. you get down to it, I think you know, the wins, the wins keep coming, and I think we get another one against Lask, another one against West Ham, and you think, wow, what what could this Liverpool side achieve um, by the end of the season? It, it is the feeling around it is completely, completely different. I, I do want to touch on that lastly before we sign off, um, because obviously Neil, you know, you, you've gone on, you've gone out and struck it alone with covering Liverpool, um, and I, I think this is probably <laughs> the most interesting season. For you to have done that, so I just want to get your perspective, sort of around the five-game mark here, where we are now. Just, just how you're finding it all, and you know, it, yeah. it is is everything that you sort of imagined it would be? Well, what, what, weight life? You mean? Um Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, we're covering Liverpool. Yeah, specifically.
1: L- listen, it, it, I will say that it helps when Liverpool are playing well. It, it, I mean, <laughs> it helps when it helps when there's positivity around Liverpool because. Why would you want to read me saying, you know, got beat 3-0 again at Wolves or you know, went to Brentford and didn't compete? Blah blah blah. So it definitely does help. Um, it's not obviously it's not the only thing I'm doing. It, it, it's a big part of, of what I'm doing, where wise covering Liverpool. I'm doing other stuff as well, obviously, with you guys, with Red and the Anfield Rap, and I'm doing some some work as well. Um that you don't see because you have to pay bills, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been good. I think the reaction's been really good. I think Liverpool fans, you know. Obviously, we know that the, how the big how big the appeal is. You you'll know as well as anyone how big the, the global appeal of Liverpool is, and how hungry people are to to read and to, to know and to hear and to talk. I was out last night, funny enough, for, for some some um, for some food with me, my family, and uh, an Irish guy came over to me in in the pub. We were watching the Everton Everton Arsenal game, and he, he came over to me. and he, he wanted to talk to me for, for twenty minutes about you know well, what you think Salah, what you think Sava what what you think of this guy, you know. And, and it yeah, I get that a lot, you know. I I, I think. It's always, it's always really nice to sort of speak to people like that and to see that you know you you're a very small part of it, but you're a part of this sort of huge, um you know community if you like and, and world. So the, the the take up's been really good. I think obviously there's new things with to that too. It's different, you know, just 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 wise, you know, not, not being employed necessarily, but you're sort of you're still having to wear. I think it's it's good that it it gives me a bit of editorial. Control, which is always something I think the journalists always quite like to have. You know, they don't want to be sort of looking at dodgy headlines going on their stuff and going, "Well, who's put that on that?" Or someone's edited their copy. Obviously, I'm in control of most of that now, um, which is good. I think. I think also, just I think you're right. I think this is an exciting season for Liverpool, and I just feel like there's something building, snowballing, and momentum. I think when the when the European games kick in as well, and when you start to, I think Liverpool got a half decent fixture list coming up. Um, you know, sort of between now and maybe the 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 end of November, the start of December, I think there's there's a real chance for Liverpool to make some hay, and I do think that's a really exciting time for for the club, but also for for people who are covering it and sort of we were looking and saying, well, tell you what, we might be reporting on a, a long run into the, the deep stage of the Europa League. It might be it might be a title bid. You know, listen, it, it feels it feels like we're being a bit greedy asking for that after last season, but it might be. It certainly should be a, a top four bid. And it should be some really good football as well and, you know, really good footballers that we're watching. You know, it's a pleasure, really, to watch Suboslai. It's a pleasure to watch McAllister. I, you know, people know how, how much I think of Curtis Jones. People know how much I think of Harvey Elliott. Darwin, I think, is coming to the fore. Cody, obviously, got his first goal. I think that was important after a difficult performance. There's a lot of sort of really interesting aspects to Liverpool. Um, I'm going to Morecambe tomorrow to watch the Papa John's game. Um ah. and, yeah, but even that you're looking at that and saying, well, do you know what, Ben Doak might play in that, Bobby Clark might play in that. You know, you could have, I mean, Quansah would probably have played in it if he, if he hadn't made this step up. But you got there's a lot of players that you look at and go, that's a really inter- could be a really interesting team that you're looking at the last game on Thursday and thinking that's, that could be seven changes and still a really really good side. You know, there's there's just a at the moment I'm really positive about Liverpool. I have been for a while to be fair. I I was even in amongst all of them, the maelstrom of the the, the summer transfer window, I still thought Liverpool had come strong this season. I think that I think I might even have to revise my opinion upwards this time around. I think I think I could be uh, I could have picked a good year to, to go solo.
0: No, absolutely. I, I think and it is such an exciting time, and it's it, it's it's nice it's nice to feel like this. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna touch on. I think it was uh, Jan. Uh, it was uh, a Postacoglu for Tottenham. He was sort of questioned about you know. Tottenham fan expectations and you know are are things getting a bit out of control and he sort of said well no you know like you know the part of football is getting carried away it is enjoying it's living in the moment why would I want to burst that bubble let let's let everyone enjoy the moment and and that's I suppose what we should be doing as Liverpool fans as as Liverpool writers and content producers as Liverpool journalists um let's get lost a bit in the moment you know let's let's not completely be too sort of realistic because at the end of the day, you know, the quality of football we've seen and the, the sense of positivity, as you said, enthusiasm around the club is is, is is at a high. Let's let's ride that yeah. wave and see where it takes us, I suppose. Well, I mean I think so. Sorry, you know, sorry, just to to to, to mention on that. I mean I would
1: I, I did see a lot of that when Liverpool were on the rise and so from twenty seventeen to twenty twenty two, really. Oh yeah. I was in the grounds, and I was in the I was in the stations and the airports and, and the train stations and wherever. And I saw I saw the mood among supporters that they they loved it. I saw it on social media a different aspect to it where people were stressed out by it and were sort of. I felt like they they didn't enjoy it a little bit, and they they, they sort of you know I I can remember I will give you an example I can remember Liverpool beat Roma five two in the in the first leg of the um the semi final of the Champions League five two they were five 0 up after an hour or seventy minutes. And they, they won five two. They were basically into the final of the, the Champions League, and they're moaning about the, the, you know the defendant. Oh, we've we two way goals there. That's going to cost us. Blah Just you've got you've got to sort of. We're very lucky. I've been very lucky in the time. My my, my five years ago, I went to three Champions League finals. I've got a text message. Um, Train UEFA. <laughs> I've got a, I've got I've got a text message conversation with I, I saved from from UEFA. They've, they've only ever sent me three text messages. UEFA. And they're all accreditation confirmation for Champions League finals, and you know that sort of tells you, doesn't it? I mean, that's like that's that's what Liverpool are doing, but it doesn't always happen like that. You know, you can go you can go years without without a, a day like that, one day like that. So. Let's savor these ones. Let's savor this. You know, it might look a bit, okay, you beat Wolves away. You know, you, you were poor in the first half. So what, what a, what a let off it was when Robertson put that one through, you know, inside the near post. What a let off when Hardy jumps over the defence and goes and gets a yellow card. Two players booked for the same celebration, you know, one of them. And it turns out neither of them actually scored the goal. So wh- why not enjoy these moments and sort of really, you know, Forget about what's gone before. Forget about what's coming. Forget about January and worrying about oh god, what's going to happen with Salah or what's going to are we going to get Andre or are we going to get this centre back? Just have a look at this team at the moment and have a look at this sort of mood around it, and let's keep that going. That would be my advice to fans. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of teams waiting to sort of burst your bubble anyway, so don't burst your own. Know, let, let's let's sort of you know let's let's try and let's try and keep that sort of positivity going because I think it'll make a big difference as this season goes on. I think if Liverpool can get an atmosphere going where they feel like they're in for something. They're in a title race or they're in a Europa League sort of battle for, to go and win it or or whatever. I think I think Anfield and the sort of mood around the club can make a real difference.
0: Absolutely. Now let's, let's ride that wave and then you can certainly be sure, Neil, that you'll be keeping the positivity going on your substack with covering Liverpool at neilj.substack.com and of course on Twitter at Neil Jones Goal. Go have a look, subscribe and enjoy all the good stuff. Uh, if you're watching this on our YouTube or listening onto your podcast, wherever you get it, do drop us a subscribe and let us know your thoughts on Liverpool season, how much you're enjoying it so far. And of course, you can find all this good stuff on our Substack at empireofthecop.substack.com. This has been Empire of the Cop Insider with the lovely Neil Jones. I've been your host, our Keeling. Thank you and take care.